Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Bobcat Radio, and it is a, an exciting one as the San Marcos Rattlers were titled District Champions from District 27 6A last night. We'll dive into that in a moment. We'll also cover some Texas State men's and women's basketball in addition to baseball and softball. And if we have time, we'll cover NBA All-Star Weekend. But before we get all that, here is a quick ad read from Orlando Smart. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. I'm Joey Gonzalez, joined by producer Kobe Jackson. Orlando Smart was the one with the ad read, and I'm also joined by J.P. Flanagan, well, guys, let's dive into this San Marcos Rattler team, a record of 34 and 3, 13 or 14 and 0 at home, a perfect at home record. And now it's time to look forward to the playoffs. But just what are y'all's thoughts about this whole year? Um, just 34-3 and three is just something to be super proud of. I mean, at the highest level of basketball in the state of Texas, um, they have a tough schedule ahead of them, obviously. They got to beat some of the best teams in Texas to go far um, in this region. But, I mean, you got to be excited for what, what's to come. Um, finishing the season with a 16-0 and home record. Um, the seniors got to witness zero losses at home, which is something to definitely be proud of. And, I mean, yeah, the, um, this team has definitely got a lot of bright spots looking forward. And, I mean, this team's looking to go far in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and the one thing I will say about uh, – this team is that I was listening to you and David's call last night and honestly you can just hear the excitement out of coach Dan Miller and out of Malik Presley who I know David had the privilege of interviewing and I mean the pure excitement coming from his voice really truly showed that you know the, the hard work that these you know that these guys put in throughout the season it really just showed how much how much they really care and how much they really want this so honestly a big congratulations to the Sam Marcus Rattlers and coach Dan Miller for what he's done. Cause I know they've been battling through a lot this season with injuries and, you know, obviously with uh, Malik Presley in the hospital early, uh, earlier on in the year. So, I mean, this is, this is a big, a really big win for the Rattlers and hope they could possibly may, maybe continue coming into the playoffs. Yeah. I just want to give a credit to the Rattlers for just finishing the season so strong. They had a, they had a, a little a minor setback in the game before against new Braunfels, but this last game just showed me that that was more of just a a bad. It was just a bad night for the for the Rattlers, and I mean you're gonna have those every night's not gonna be perfect. And like we said last, I mean like we said on Monday, it's better to have that game that day than to get in the playoffs and have that in the first round, and then have all that all the wins that you have like really mean nothing. So we want like the Rattlers really can capitalize off this momentum they just built off this game, and I was like. The end of that game really showed to the end of the game before the New Braunfels game really showed the the fight and the resiliency that the Rattlers had. I mean, Javen Kofer started, he ended the game like he started off this next one, just amazing from the three-point line. He had 19 points in this most recent game, and he's just lights out from three-point line as of late. And then Caden Gums with almost a triple-double in this game. That's just as a senior on senior night, your last home game, these these Rattlers left it all out on the floor, and they can't. It's hard not to be proud of them right now. Yeah, Orlando, they went off on a 
on a good note. Caden Gums, 21 points, shooting 10 for 20 from the field. Malik Presley with 20 points. Javen Kofer with 19. Wanted to go back to what Kobe was talking about during the interview. Malik Presley was all smiles. They they had a chance to cut down the net, and he had he had the whole net around his neck, and it, you could <laughs> tell how excited he was. But, guys, I just wanted to start going over into the playoffs now. You, uh, you had a chance to celebrate last night, but you got to think, okay, now you got to celebrate last night. Let's start to get more serious because on Tuesday night, they'll either play Brandeis or Clark, which is definitely no easy matchup coming up on Tuesday. Yeah, and absolutely. I'm, I mean, I've, I went to Clark High School myself, and I know that, you know, their basketball program has always been up in the top in the top ranking of uh, UIL uh UIL district play so I mean and, and Brandeis is no sleeper either I, you know I had a couple friends who graduated from Brandeis who are now uh you know playing at UTEP or UTSA and you know they've always told me that their program has always been you know really nice and really you know special for them to get far but I mean the Rattlers I think if they're going to really, really be dialed in, they really have to focus on the little fundamental things. I know we've been kind of stressing about that all year, about, you know, how you know defensively solid they are, but sometimes they can let, you know, kind of let their defense kind of slide a little bit. But honestly, if they can clean that up, I mean, they'll probably be, you know, probably unstoppable uh, coming into the, the UIL tournament. Yeah, and I know there's no such thing as, like, a good loss, but as Orlando mentioned, like, I'm honestly kind of glad they lost this last week heading into playoffs because after that winning streak, I mean, you really just were playing – you don't want to play down to your opponents and because the rankings might show you're, you know, better in the state. But I mean, a loss like that at this close to the playoffs, I think really can show them what their weaknesses were and what they can improve on. And like, I think with that game, they just came out sluggish and they, and they know that. So that was a, not a good loss, but I would say that's definitely something that would, that would impact how they can play in, in coming to the playoffs. Coach Miller and I had a, a chance to talk Tuesday morning and he talked about JP kind of what you're referencing to it. Not necessarily a good loss, but it kind of got it out of their system. It it allowed the Rattlers to go into last night's game focused. This was a group that, I mean, you can get complacent. You won 27 games in a row. You kind of think, oh, we're going to win tonight. And I think that's what it came down to against New Braunfels. They had already beat them in the past. So as, as y'all mentioned, that was a loss that allows them to get focused now. And now it's time to look towards the future. As we get ready to wrap this segment up, the Rattlers are currently ranked eighth in conference 6A. They're right behind Westlake. Stony Point is number one in the region. Guys, this is going to be a, a tough couple weeks. Right now, it's on. the Rattlers are on pace to most likely play Buta Johnson or Stony Point in the second round. And if you could get past there, who knows how far this Rattler team can go? Yeah, and you know, you mentioned Stony Point. That's actually one of one of their losses that they took uh, in the season. So I mean, I'm pretty sure the Rattlers were probably saying, "Hey, you know, even though we lost to these guys in the neutral side in the tournament, now we realize that we can actually beat these guys." And I know, kind of, we were talking about uh, before we actually went on there that they could possibly, you know, meet up with Westlake, Westlake at some point because you know, obviously, San Marcos was in that district with Westlake and Lake Travis last year, and then this year they're in a whole new different district. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure they they have a mindset they they want to attend to, and you know, just honestly, just keep executing like you've been doing all year, and honestly, you should you should come out on top. Yeah, that Stony Point team is also a team just like like you said that they lost to early in the season. They're a team that's undefeated in their district. They have players that are. I mean that Malik Malik. I mean Malik Presley is definitely going to have his hands full with Josiah Mosley on the other side of that court. Um, if they do make it to Stony Point, he's averaging 21 points a game, almost 10 rebounds. So that Stony Point team is definitely 
just an, a great team right now. Like you said, you went to Clark. Uh, I went to a school called Cedar Ridge. It's in that same area, so I am very familiar with the Stony Point uh, basketball program. My brother played there, so I know that they play a lot. They play very good basketball, and what they're doing right now is San Marcus. I mean, like they said, we've they've already lost to them, so they know they're not going to be sleeping on Stony Point at all. You got to win one game in order to win all seven games and win a state championship. Congratulations once again to the San Marcos Rattlers on winning their first district championship since 1998-99. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll cover Texas State men's and women's basketball, Texas State baseball and softball. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bobcat Radio. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of Bobcat Radio inside of our Trinity Studios. I'm Joe Gonzalez, joined by Kobe Jackson, J.P. Flanagan, and Orlando Smart. It's time to cover some Texas State men's basketball. They have traveled to Boone, North Carolina, where they'll take on App State Thursday night at 5.30 p.m. The Bobcats are currently 8th, or excuse me, 11th in the Sun Belt Conference, which means they would have a first-round game in the Sun Belt Conference. Guys, what are your thoughts on this Bobcat team? Yeah, um, as we finish out the season here, it, there's five games, and of all five, or of four of the five games, they're all ranked higher, so it's not uh, it's not going to be an easy way to finish the season, but again, uh, truly have any sort of success in the Sun Belt, you're going to have to win in the Sun Belt, so I mean, looking at this schedule right now, Southern Miss is a team that to definitely be looking uh looking forward to uh, to finish out the season and I see here that the teams ranked 11 to 14 have a really tough time competing in the Sunbelt tournament because they have to win five games versus the the original three I think that the other Sunbelt teams have to play so yeah Texas State has a really a lot to work on before they finish out this season yeah I agree and honestly you know I look at this Appalachian State team they're currently 14 and 13 on the year and their last game was against South Alabama and they had a crushing defeat against South Alabama final score that was 74 to 57 I believe yeah 74 to 57 and I mean they had I mean they had three players in double figures with Donovan Gregory and uh Justin Epson so I mean that's a I mean you could say that's a good game but I know it's a team effort and honestly I think Appalachian State is going to be looking for a big win at their at their home facility so I mean but hey you know you never know because the Sun Belt has been kind of tight really all year especially for not only for the men but also for the women which we'll get into in a second uh but I mean if the Bobcats just need to you know obviously get better fundamentally because I know that that heartbreaking loss to Georgia's uh to Old Dominion was was a really big deal and everybody in that arena was just heartbroken because Kyle because Kyle was there, our own very own Kyle Owen was there and he told me that the play I don't think he's ever heard an arena that quiet and stuff after a game winner so I mean that's that's a that's a tough loss to to go through but honestly the Bobcats just need to you know be better uh defensively because I know we've been t- talking about them and their defense all year so if they can do that then they'll have a chance to be Appalachian State I definitely think this will be a close game just looking at the history against Appalachian State the last two games have been very close the last game we Texas State only won by two points game before that Appalachian State only won by three in overtime so I mean and just seeing where both of these teams are right now and during the season Appalachian State is definitely going to be putting up a fight I mean Texas State and Appalachian State are both fighting to just build some type of momentum to go into the conference tournament. They, they're they both not playing the best basketball that they would want to, but that's just, like we said last episode, it's just it's all about getting into the tournament with as much momentum as you can just because it's it's a completely open record once you get to that tournament. Any, it's anyone's game. 
we've su- we've seen what Texas State has done as the number one seed. So there's just no guarantee that doesn't guarantee anything. So like we said, the momentum that they can build, it's just it's all about getting to that tournament. And like we said again, for San Marcos, you just got to win that first game to win the the rest of them. The Bobcats' last three games have been decided by five points or less, so expect a tight one in Boone on Thursday night. Clint Shields will have the call for that one right here on KTSW 89.9 with pregame starting at 5 p.m. Let's switch over to women's basketball. They'll take on JMU right here in San Marcos at Strahan Arena at 7 p.m. That is a crucial game in Sunbelt Conference play as both the Bobcats and JMU are tied for second in the Sunbelt Conference. Yeah, I mean, advice for, or in comparison to the Texas State men's team and I, how I said they were playing all, all teams ranked higher than them, um, this goes the same way for Texas State, except in the opposite way. All teams they play are lower ranked in the Sunbelt Conference other than James Madison, who is atop the Sunbelt right now. But um, really, just how, with how close this conference is, I, I really think that every team's going to come with their best effort because they're really trying to m- improve their seeding heading into the tournament. So yeah, these teams, although they might be ranked lower than Texas State right now in the Sunbelt, anything can happen. A few wins like this against a team like Texas State can definitely uh, boost their momentum going into their uh, tournament so yeah I mean although it might look like on paper Texas State has like a a, you know a downhill slope to the rest of the season but these teams are definitely going to come out to play yeah absolutely and to think that you know obviously some of these games have been during the week I know people got to deal with class and stuff honestly this girls team has really adjusted to a lot of that with you know being at practice and then obviously be at a class but I mean this is this is like JP like you said this is going to be a tough a tough game for uh, the Bobcats, because like you said, JMU is top, you know, one of the top teams in the Sun Belt right now, and their record proves it. They're twenty and six on the year, so and they're currently on a two game winning streak at the moment. So, um, but you know, anything is not given. You know, you're not really given anything as far as you know the way you play or nothing like that. Everything you get, every bucket you earned, every pass you get is earned. So, um, you know, the Bobcats honestly just keep playing like how you've been. I, you know, fundament they're pretty much fundamentally sounded. A fundamentally sounded team. I know they had a big win against Marshall this past weekend, so I'm pretty sure that momentum is going to carry them to possibly maybe fewer wins in the conference, and you know could potentially be uh, could uh, potentially be the top top seed in uh, the Sun Belt. Yeah, this this James Madison girls team is the real deal. Like you said, they're 20 and six. They have a player Kiki Jefferson averaging over 20 points a game, so they're they're going to come to play. The Texas State's definitely going to have their hands full in this game, but like JP said, if you want to win in the Sunbelt Conference tournament, you have to win in the Sunbelt Conference like before that. So this is going to be a test to show what they can do going into that tournament. What This is the this is probably the biggest test that they've had so far, but they've been playing great basketball. Kennedy Taylor's been a, general, a floor general. Um, the rest of the team is just... They're clicking on all cylinders right now, so I feel like it's the it'll be a test for both teams, just not just not just Texas State uh, going against JMU. JMU will also be tested with Texas State coming to play. So we'll see we'll see who's really the top team in the conference right now. It's going to be an exciting matchup between JMU and Texas State on Thursday night. Currently a three-way tie for second place in the Sunbelt Conference with three of those teams having a record of 10-4. and four. The first four seeds in the Sunbelt Conference will receive a double round by when the Sunbelt Conference tournament kicks off in just a few weeks' time. It's that time of year. Texas State baseball returns to the Diamond inside of Bobcat Ballpark in San Marcos at 6 p.m. on Friday night. 
as the Bobcats welcome Northwestern from the Big Ten. A huge non-conference game to begin this season. What are y'all thinking about Bobcat baseball? I mean, I don't want to speak too highly about last year because I know we we did a lot of coverage, you know, with the Texas State baseball last year. And honestly, it was worth it was worth it because last year, I mean, they started off the season extremely well because, you know, I was able to report a lot of these games for them and, uh, you know, the beginning of the season, Ohio State was probably Ohio State, Arizona, and then Texas were probably their biggest, one of their biggest, the biggest wins that they have had that they have had last year. And honestly, it was it was a true true joy to to watch this Bobcat baseball team go to work and stuff. But you know, they pretty much almost have everybody back. I know we kind of lost a lot of seniors with Ruffridge, uh, John Wetheridge, and then Dalton Sheffield, who eventually got drafted, and then uh, Wesley Faison and stuff. Who actually we actually I actually kind of kind of glimpse of because they had uh, their Texas State uh, alumni baseball game about a few weeks ago, and uh, everybody was back. John Wetheridge, uh, Tom, Justin Thompson. Wesley Faze and all the big powerhouse hitters uh, returned for that alumni game. So I was able to kind of catch them a little bit. But I mean, this upcoming season, I think I think we're looking in for a really uh, interesting season because pretty much all of their pitchers are back. You know, the main strong arms in Zeke Wood and then obviously Levi Wells and then Tony Roby also back as well. So, I mean, this is going to be a, a really good team. And then obviously, you know, some of the guys like Ben McLean returning as well. And then Isaiah Ortega Jones and also his brother as well on that team as well. So, I mean, we, this is going to be a really, really interesting baseball season. And honestly, what better way to start off with than a big time, uh, big 10 conference uh, team in Northwestern. Yeah. Until, I mean, until this season gets going and to the Texas state Bobcats start playing, all we can really look at is last season. And to point out that Texas win, I mean, they went to Austin, Texas, and beat the number one team in baseball last season. So that if that just can show you where this team can go or what the team has the potential to do, that's it right there. That it doesn't get much better than that. They swept teams like Alabama last. I mean, not Alabama, they swept Ohio State last season. They won the season. They won the series against Arizona two to one. I mean, this Texas State baseball team, although like you said, they did have some players get drafted. It's more the culture here. They've been they've been slowly building this momentum for years. They've been improving. Coach Trout really has these guys on on like on P. They they're all they're all clicking on one one accord. Yeah, I mean the return of Slam Marcos is definitely exciting. Um I, I'm not really a huge baseball person, but I mean getting to watch last season was really special. I'm getting to see the success. Um you, you're not really expecting a team like Texas State, a Sunbelt team, to go in there and beat, you know, big ten schools and, and especially the number one team in the country. And I mean to beat no, the number one team in the country the, in Austin, but what's even crazier is they almost did it in San Marcos like oh, the night yeah. before. I, I so, it, yeah. so that, those, that was a close game. And I mean, I'm really looking forward to what this team can do. I mean, what it starts with is a Big Ten team like Northwestern. And I think if you can get three wins against a Northwestern team, it will show a lot uh, about what this team can do going forward. And I mean, even, I know a lot of people don't want to talk about that Stanford game last year, but that, that's one of the best teams like in college baseball. Absolutely. And it's been like that for years. And the history in Stanford baseball is very rich. And I think San Marcos is trying to build something like that and really just l- looking forward to what this team can do and what they can build off of last year for. Yeah. And one thing to one thing to note, I'm glad you mentioned that Stanford game, because honestly, that was probably one of the most intense college baseball games I think I've ever witnessed, at least in my lifetime. But I mean, you look back and you look back at that game and you realize that, you you know, Trif- you know, obviously Tristan Cyrus, who's no longer on this team, who's who, one of the players who got drafted, started the game. He was the one that started the game, and he went a full seven innings and only gave up one run, which was insane.
insanity. And then obviously, you know, Zeke Wood came in and, you know, led up them two homers. And then obviously Levi Wells tried to close it out. But I mean, it was it was tough. Game. It was a tough game. But I'm pretty sure, you know, all the pitchers that were on that that were in that game with Zeke Wood and Levi Wells are probably telling themselves like, hey, we can beat top tier teams. We just came just this close. You know what I mean? So honestly, I really think that if if they kind of stick that in the back of their mind and stuff all season, then I think they'll have probably a much more stronger season than they had last year. Yeah. This team will definitely have some, a chance to go back at what they had last year with Zeke Wood returning and a majority of those pitchers. Once again, opening day this Friday, February 17th, first pitch scheduled for 6 PM. We will have our first broadcast at 2:30 PM this Saturday, right here on KTSW 89.9. Let's go right next door to Bobcat softball as they had a pretty good weekend last this past weekend, they went three and two, including a victory on Sunday afternoon over the Wichita State Shockers seven to four. Bobcat will be back at home this weekend in the 2023 I-35 tournament where they will feature Lamar, South Dakota State and New Mexico State to end things out on Sunday as the first game will be against Lamar Thursday night at 6 p.m. Sarah Vanderford has looked really impressive here. Trahan as well. Jessica Mullins. I mean, some big names. What are some other thoughts that y'all got? Um, I mean, looking at like at the start of the season, I I just think, I mean, I, I expect a loss or here, just, you know, get the rust off. But I mean, it's a tough pill to swallow when you lose to a Villanova team. I know they were, they started the game off hot. Um, but a team like Villanova, obviously you're going to have to learn to take care of that. I, I'm glad that they learned from their mistakes with the Wichita State team, who's also a pretty tough team. Um, getting getting a loss um, in, in the first game and then getting to take care of them in the second game. I think this tourney coming up is really going to determine wh- where this team can go because you're going to have to take care of these these smaller level schools with when with you have admirations of you know going far in the Sun Belt. So taking care of a team like Lamar, South Dakota State, uh, really goes a long way, and, and even the New Mexico team um, this Sunday. So if you could take care of teams like that, I think there's a lot of upside in what this team can do going forward. I think that first loss to Wichita State was a big eye-opener for the Bobcats. It was a pretty close game. They lost 2-3 to three and then came out that next game against Kent State and just dominated all game, just completely shut them out. So I think they'll just be able to mo- use that momentum to move going forward. They just dominated Kent State the entire weekend and then f- turn around and beat them 5-1. to one. And then that Villanova team is this, it's gonna be the, that's going to be like the the – the measuring stick for what this team needs to do going forward. They can learn from that. They can learn from that loss and build on it. And going forward, these girls, they've been here before. A lot of these girls, like you said, they're returning. So they know they know what it takes and they can they'll definitely be able to turn it around, especially using this tournament coming up. Lamar will be a good a good challenge for them. South Dakota State and then I feel like New Mexico State will be their biggest challenge to end that in that weekend off. Yeah, and you know, I was you know fortunate enough to call the Villanova game with uh, with Kyle, and then I know you and I know Joey. You were calling the one of the Kent State games with uh, with David and stuff. And honestly, they this Bobcat team, I really and but this this kind of how they started off last year because last year they kind of started off you know kind of going back and forth between either below 500 or at 500 and then back up above 500 and then back to 500 again. So, I mean, I mean, so far we're start, starting to see kind of a pattern in the season so far. But like you said before, Sarah Vandiver and Sierra Tran both doing, you know, exceptionally well for, you know, the beginning of the season. Also, Carson Pierce is actually leading the team with the leading in ERA. So, I mean, that's actually pretty, that's really good. Only giving up one run out of, uh, out of the season so far. So, um, but I mean, other than that, you know, the, 
the softball team really has strong potential. And I know, you know, me and, and Kyle, we were kind of talking about leadership in our pregame and stuff because I know, you know, we lost a lot. Of, they lost a lot of seniors last year with, you know, Sierra Lagway and then Kat Krennic. So we lost – they lost a pretty good amount of seniors. But I know the leadership that Sierra Trahan and Sarah Vanifer are going to give off this team and then obviously Piper Rudolph, who was just a freshman last year, are really going to try to, you know, really kind of give this softball team a very young softball team uh, you know, great experience and possibly great future for them to, you know, just to keep playing. I mean, you talk about experience. I, I think this weekend can also build upon like that experience because being a Texas school, we're going to have to play a lot of Texas teams oh, and the big ones, te- uh, Texas Tech, Texas, um, Baylor wants to come to town, uh, got to play. Yeah. UTSA got to play Sam Houston. So, I mean, this weekend will be big, just getting those wins under your belt and, you know, knowing what that feels like getting a few hits off. Um, but yeah, I mean, got to play some big Texas school coming up. So a weekend like this is a great way to build momentum and experience um, for the season moving forward. We talked about building identity earlier for the baseball team. This is a team who's built their identity the past couple of years as Kobe, you, you briefly touched on it. They were at 500 for most of the year. They ended the year winning 18 of their final 20 games. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you get to, you get to play some big names. They'll be facing off at the Bevo classic in the middle of March where they'll face off against Wisconsin, Alabama, and the University of Texas. Those are three really big names. Absolutely. And if we talk about building this team up in order to make a big Sunbelt Conference run, you play teams like that. I yeah. think that's the biggest stretch of the season because right after that, they follow that up with a series against Texas Tech. So, th- like you said, the, these are big names. The big names that these girls are going to play are huge. They're they're going to be challenged, and but they're ready for it, I think. I think last season showed that they're ready for it. And like you said, they won their last 18 games that they needed to win, so they can show that they can do it. Yeah, so once again, we will – Bobcat softball will return right here to San Marcos this Thursday at 6 p.m. when they face off against Lamar. We'll have a couple broadcasts as well as we'll be calling the game on Friday night against South Dakota State. And then we have a doubleheader for you right here on KTSW as Texas State places South Dakota State again Sunday morning and then New Mexico State to end out the 2023 I-35 tourney. So as we get ready to the end of this Bobcat Radio segment, J.P. Flanagan has the weather. All right, you guys, if you were hoping to go to the river this weekend, uh, looks like today might be the last one. <laughs> today, today's high <laughs> is uh, 81 degrees um, around 4 o'clock today. I mean, the lows tomorrow are going to be 40 and a high of 66. So if you were wanting to get out to the river, I'd, I'd say today's your day because uh, there's going to be a few a few cold days coming up. So, uh, yeah, if you're trying to get out to the river, i do that today. Typical Texas weather. Yeah, exactly. Can never, <laughs> it was never hot yesterday. It was hot yesterday, and now it becomes cold a few days later. Typical Texas. Yeah. It rained the other <laughs> night. It just Yeah, exactly. Crazy. <laughs> You never know what to expect, so always bring a jacket, an umbrella, because you never know what to expect. You catch Bobcat Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 11 a.m. to 11.30. You can also re-listen to this episode on Spotify. And also make sure to listen to Claws to the Wall, our podcast on Spotify as well. Today I was joined by Kobe Jackson, my producer, alongside a co-host J.P. Flanagan and Orlando Smart. I'm Joe Gonzalez. Now let's get you back to the other side of radio.